It was never going to be like a movie. The idea that a military coup is going to play out like you've read in a book or seen on TV or on the big screen, that's just our imagination. It's kind of like how when you're watching a movie and then, you know, they fire guns or silencers is a really great example. Pew, pew. Yeah, that, that, that's not how it works. But there are many people on the left who believe that's what it would look like. Now, I want you to understand this concept because what I'm about to tell you is factually true and horrifying. Nancy Pelosi attempted to orchestrate a military coup. I'm not just saying this. I'm not being hyperbolic. The New York Times, though they don't want to put it in the headline, said that she tried to take unconstitutional actions in pressing the Pentagon to defy legal orders from a sitting president. And they said, ma'am, that would be a military coup. Now, perhaps Nancy Pelosi is just ignorant. And she didn't realize that going to the military chain of command and saying defy the commander in chief would be asking them for a military coup. Maybe she herself believes only a a military coup is only like what we see in the movies. No, it's not. And that's what we're seeing now. It's kind of weird. Trump has only about 11 days left in office. But what we are seeing is one of the most dramatic escalations, period. I say I say escalation a lot, right? What would you call it when one of the, 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 the top? Uh, well, I guess Joe, you can say Joe Biden is the leader of the Democratic Party, but one of the party's leaders has been advocating for the purge of the political opposition from mainstream society, mass uh, communication devices, financial services. And they go to the lar- the most powerful military installation and tell them to defy the sitting president. It's a scary thought. Now, I guess we're supposed to think it doesn't matter. I guess we're supposed to say it was good that Nancy Pelosi did this. What she was really doing is saying, don't let Trump engage in military strikes or nuclear strikes, which is supposed to sound reasonable. And perhaps it is. The problem is, I don't care if Nancy Pelosi thinks Trump is insane. I don't. Because I've heard Nancy Pelosi is insane. I've heard Joe Biden is insane. And both sides This is we are not talking about 10 Trump supporters who are saying crazy things. We're not talking about a guy in the street corner waving a sign saying the moon is made of cheese. We're talking about 75 million people who voted for Donald J. Trump for president. And and Trump is still the president. And we're talking about Pelosi, who hates the man and tried to remove him in the past. Now going to the Pentagon and saying defy his orders. I don't care if you like or dislike the man. If we are talking about what it means to stage a military coup, this was an attempt. I mean, what if the Pentagon said yes, and then made the public announcement, the president's orders will no longer be followed? What would that mean to anybody? The left would cheer, the right would recoil in horror, and the attempt itself is enough to accomplish that scenario. Now, I know the left is probably saying, Tim, dude, Pelosi was trying to stop Trump from going insane. Trump is a mad king. Perhaps I disagree with the way Trump handles himself. I disagree. I, I've often said he's a man of poor moral character and he has defects. And my support for him went only so far as for the most part, he was trying to remove soldiers from the Middle East. And he was far from perfect on that for a long time. But that doesn't matter. The people of this country voted for the man through a legal process. Everything Donald Trump did throughout his challenging of the election was entirely legal and constitutional. Now, you may disagree with what Trump said on Twitter following the storming of the Capitol. I do. I think it was I think it was pathetic. But you can't say he literally incited or encouraged. He didn't. Trump just 
refuse to condemn. And there is a difference. I think Trump should have come out immediately. He eventually did. But everything Trump did in challenging the election, everything Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and all the members of the, of the House did in challenging the election were legal and constitutional and, dare I say, important and necessary. I've long said when you have 75, 74 million people, whatever the number is, and they are saying we see fraud, your response is not to say shut them up, shut them down and ban them across the board. Military, defy the president. That's insane. The response is to say, as a nation, we the people, we must reconcile this anger. Hey, Ted Cruz said that. AOC called on him to resign or be expelled. What we need is the opportunity to have the, the evidence presented in court. Now, you know what the problem is, I said it the other day, Hawley and Cruz and many and, and 12, you know, we had, we had 13 senators and 100, I think 160 something Republicans in the House who were objecting. It was the Trump supporters who shut that down. That was, that's on them. That's on them. They're the ones who shut it down by storming the Capitol. And I understand a lot of these people who entered, there's like the, the photo of the granny waving her little flag, bewildered, befuddled, confused, and let in by Capitol Police. Yes, there's videos of it. But there were many crazy people breaking in. You can see them with zip ties. It was crazy and it was stupid. And absolutely, in I, I am absolutely in opposition to everything that they did. I mean, first of all, it only hurt their cause. But you know my position on this for the most part. It was not effective. It has given the left ammunition, figuratively. I want to, I want to, let me read for you specifically what happened with Pelosi. Before, before I do, I want to stress something very, very important to all of you. Rasmussen was the most accurate top poll in 2016 in tracking Trump support. Right now, in aggregate, Trump's approval rating is at 43%. That's right. After they said everything he's done has been unconstitutional. After they said he won't drop the lies, 43%. That's his, that's his presidential average. It has not changed. The people who support the president support him. Rasmussen reports, as of the 8th, Donald Trump's total approval is 48%, with 35% strongly approving. After everything we saw in the Capitol, Rasmussen is reporting 48% support for the president. This is the most important thing you need to understand. Now, you can disagree and say Rasmussen is biased, but the, the, the aggregate from real clear politics, which includes before what happened in the Capitol, what since the beginning of this year in this past week, it's 43%. Rasmussen has him at 48. It's actually up from January 5th. Look at this. On the 5th, it was 47. On the 6th, it was 47. On the 6th, the day the U.S. Capitol had people storm in, Trump was at 47. The next day, it reached 49%. The next day, when the media was saying that Trump was instigating, inciting, and all that stuff, demanding he be removed immediately, Trump's approval rating went up. So Nancy Pelosi comes, and she says, do not obey lawful com uh, commands from the commander in chief. The New York Times says this Pelosi pressed Pentagon on safeguards to prevent Trump from ordering military action. But short of the cabinet invoking the 25th Amendment or impeaching and convicting the president, it would be unconstitutional to defy legal orders from the commander in chief, experts note. First, Nancy Pelosi took an unprecedented and unconstitutional action in going to the Pentagon and telling them to defy Trump in the event he gives them a lawful order. 
Peaceful transfer, transfer of power, they say, right? Speaker Nancy Pelosi of California on Friday took the unprecedented step of asking the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff about available precautions to prevent President Trump from initiating military action abroad or using his sole authority to launch nuclear weapons in the last day of his term. In a phone call to the chairman, General Mark A. Milley, Ms. Pelosi appeared to be seeking to have the Pentagon leadership essentially remove Mr. Trump from his authorities as the commander in chief. That could be accomplished by ignoring the president's orders or slowing them by questioning whether they were issued legally. But General Milley appears to have made no commitments short of the cabinet invoking the 25th Amendment or removing Mr. Trump through impeachment in the House and conviction in the Senate. It is unconstitutional to defy legal orders from the commander in chief. Ms. Pelosi's request, which she announced to the Democratic caucus as an effort to prevent an unhinged president from using the nuclear codes, was wrapped in the politics of seeking a second impeachment of Mr. Trump. Colonel Dave Butler, a spokesman for General Milley, confirmed that the phone call with the president had taken place. With a, I'm sorry, with a phone call with the speaker had taken place, but described it as informational. He answered her questions regarding the process of nuclear command authority. But some Defense Department officials clearly resented being asked to act outside the legal authority of the 25th Amendment and saw it as more evidence of a broken political system. They said that some political leaders were trying to get the Pentagon to do the work of Congress and cabinet secretaries who have legal options to remove the president. Mr. Trump, they noted, is still the commander in chief. Unless he is removed, the military is bound to follow his lawful orders. While military officials can refuse to carry out orders they view as illegal or slow the process by sending those orders for careful legal review, they cannot remove the president from the chain of command. That would amount to a military coup, the officials said. I know what the left is going to say. They're going to argue that I'm being hyperbolic or sensationalist or lying. My friends, I just read to you the New York Times, which said that people in the Pentagon resent what they're being asked to do and view it as a broken political system. And the officials said what Pelosi asked them to do would be a military coup, a military coup. The military did not military did not stage a coup. Nancy Pelosi just tried to get them to do it. Now, this is why I showed you Trump's approval rating beforehand. I am supposed to sit here and say, well, we certainly don't want Trump firing nuclear weapons or declaring war, right? Yes, I don't like war. I don't want nuclear weapons fired. The precedent outside of the confines of law, statutory law, the Constitution, the Speaker of the House has tried to break the chain of command. The precedent here is insane. The precedent of storming the Capitol was insane as well. I believe that since we saw what happened at the Capitol, there is going to be an exponential ramping up of the, the culture war. Our political civil war is quickly becoming physical. Hundreds of people stormed the U.S. Capitol building. For what reason? I can't tell you. I don't see any clear strategy, but people are angry and angry people don't have rhyme or reason to their actions, even though it hurt themselves. Twitter has now banned, as, as according to some reports, around 60,000 people. They claimed that what was happening was they were just requiring these individuals to verify their accounts, perhaps, or perhaps they're just purging Trump supporters. I think it's fair to point out many Trump supporters left because the president himself has been removed. What we are seeing is there's there, there's no way to uh, to explain it. The left is saying that Donald Trump attempted to stage a coup. They're saying that Trump invoked a violent insurrection. OK, it doesn't matter what you believe or what I believe. The left believes it. 
The New York Times has published a story where Pentagon officials said what they were asked to do would amount to a military coup. Nancy Pelosi tried as well. I'm not making it up. I'm not exaggerating. I am reading you verbatim what the New York Times says. That would amount to a military coup, the officials said. So where do we go from here? Collapse? Chaos? I want to show you a very important article from a, 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 a quite brilliant individual. Uh, Eris, I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong. Eris uh, Rosinos. I've met Eris briefly, uh, maybe about seven years ago, when we were both in Egypt at the same time. Eris is a great journalist, smart, smart individual and political scientist. I'm not entirely sure what uh, his area of research is right now, but uh, we were both on the ground in Egypt. He was there covering the revolution. I was as well, but he was way in the thick of things more than I was, though I did go to some areas. He was actually in the chaos and the shooting. He makes a very, very astute point. In a, po- uh, a post he writes for Unheard, he says, the Twitter purge moves us closer to a civilizational internet. He says the unpersoning of Donald Trump by Twitter presents a strange paradox. The most powerful man in the world is simultaneously a nobody. Trump can still, we presume, destroy the entire world many times over. But he cannot speak to the nation he still leads on his chosen platform, a development he likely finds more personally catastrophic than losing the actual election. I'm not entirely sure I agree with that. I don't. If Trump is the avatar of right wing populists, I don't think Trump cares that much about Twitter. The evidence for this is that reports came out that Brad Parscale was informing Trump he needed to join Parler earlier last year, and Jared Kushner told him not to, and Trump didn't care. So I don't think Trump cares all that much about Twitter. I mean, I think he likes it, but I think he values the presidency more than his social media accounts. But my disagreement with RS on this point is much less relevant than his next point, for which I totally agree. RS says, There's no point American conservatives whining about free speech or unfairness or hypocrisy. American politics has moved beyond such abstractions, whatever anyone involved claims to think. It's as pointless as complaining about the dissonance between the policing and reporting of one side's riots versus the other. Each side wants their riots supported by the state and the other sides quashed. Their own rioters handled with kid gloves and the other sides shot. There's nothing deeper to it. There are now two popular factions who hate each other and wish for the other's total destruction. Trump and Biden are just the avatars in wrinkled flesh of the two opposing popular wills. Spot on. 100%. Aris, dare I, I add, on the right, however, you actually have a tacit agreement between moderates and the right wing faction that would support Donald Trump. There are many staunch conservatives and fringe conspiracy theorists of which make up a smaller portion of the right, and they would defend Trump no matter what. Many of these individuals are quite upset with me over my statement several times that Joe Biden had won and that he was going to be the next president. They didn't like that, and they began you know, criticizing me and attacking me, although many of them interestingly still listen, but I can respect that by all means, insult, criticize, and still, and, and still hear you know, my criticisms. The left overwhelmingly is hypocritical, overwhelmingly, not completely. And I hate to say it. You know, a lot of people try to claim the right. I've seen I've seen someone say uh, someone responded to me saying that I was lying. I said Ocasio-Cortez defended her riots and Ted Cruz denounced all the riots and called for reconciliation. So AOC called for his expulsion. And they said, you're lying. AOC, of course, denounced the riots. Ocasio-Cortez posted 
that protests are supposed to make people uncomfortable. Not the most explicit defense of the violence, but at a time when we're in a mass pandemic, when we're in a global pandemic and a, a lockdown, and she is justifying the people who are going out and violating the rules while criticizing other protests. You see the point. It's not so much that every single person on the left is demanding blood like David Cross, comedian, tweeted. He actually said it. I'm not going to pretend to know if it was a joke or not, because I think we're well beyond these abstractions. He simply said he wanted blood. On the right, you have many people who say somewhat close, similar things, but not really. I mean, social media has banned anybody who would say anything close to that. And that was basically Alex Jones years ago. Now you have people like Ted Cruz who are conservatives and say, let's put aside the anger and come together. And the response from AOC is. You should be expelled or you should resign. It's a demand for escalation. Ted Cruz called for de-escalation. Ocasio-Cortez called for escalation. Now I tell you where I stand. I'm for free speech. I'm for de-escalation. I'm for asking these people on the left like AOC to stop. Ted Cruz did agree with them. You guys had, had, had worked together before on certain issues pertaining to lobbying. And I praised that. Now, there may be many people on the right advocating for more extreme actions. That ain't me. And that's not that's not the moderates and many of the moderate conservatives, the people who remain on Twitter who are saying, stop, we can't have this. But on the left, they're saying punch, kill, etc. Again, not all of them, but there are compilations of high profile personalities on the left, people like Cuomo, people on MSNBC defending the violence, outright explicitly defending the violence. So I think it's fair to say there are two popular factions, but it is more uh, likely that on the right, you will have tacit allies who don't want anybody hurt and don't want violence, but think the left has gone out of control. And in the end, it doesn't really matter, though, which is why I agree with Aris's point. While I don't think every single right wing individual wants all the rioters shot, many do. But it doesn't matter because of the perceptions from both sides. The left will tell you the right is all MAGA lunatics, 74 million, and they're crazy. You'll see comments from left wing personalities who are prominent on YouTube saying either they disappear or we do. And then you'll have comments from supposedly the right. They call me right wing. And I say, please, everyone, stop fighting. Please chill out and learn to live in peace. You'll hear comments from the likes of Michael Malice, who says peaceful divorce. It's not impossible. We can do it. And people like Luke Krakowski says the same thing. The people who are advocating for free speech and calling out this behavior want peace. Not all of them, but we're all considered the right for whatever reason. And I think it's because the left is dogmatic and collectivist. So when we say left and right, perhaps not perfect, but this is where we are. Rage at the Capitol assault, uh, a rage at the Capitol assault makes excuses for summer riots all the more disgraceful. Andy No writes that what we saw in the Capitol was all in service of an absurd political demand, reversing the outcome of an, of an election. He says, now, where had I witnessed such scenes before? The answer in blue governed cities in my native Pacific Northwest throughout last summer and into the fall and winter. Did you know that Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, was recently punched in the face? Antifa went to the executive of their city and punched him in the face. They had tried barricading the entrance and exit to a police department and burning it to the ground. While they haven't been going to the seat of the U.S. Democratic institution, 
They have gone to many different institutions in their own cities and many uh, uh, institutions related to governing. And they tried destroying them and they were trying to seize power. They were setting up autonomous zones. And that was praised. Andy No says the right wing political violence was met with universal rebuke from politicians of both parties in the media. But many of those who are loudest in condemning the Capitol Hill riot went radio silent when rioters destroyed and looted in the name of Black Lives Matter. Last May, thousands of rioters in Minneapolis brought the city to its knees after the police involved death of George Floyd. Over three days, rioters burned down a police station, looted hundreds of businesses and burned entire neighborhoods to the ground. Mass street violence also broke out in D.C., New York, L.A., Seattle and dozens of other cities. At least two dozen died in the course of the riots. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris encouraged her millions of Twitter followers to donate to a Minnesota crowdfunding effort that paid bail for accused rioters. So, too, did a dozen more. So, too, did more than a dozen Joe Biden campaign staffers. The Minnesota Freedom Fund raked in more than $35 million in donations with their help. We can pretend that it's not happening. We can criticize it. But back to Aris's point. Whining about it is pointless. There are two political factions that are out for blood. They want the other side destroyed. It's done. I don't know what you do to slow this down. And I love the people saying, I shouldn't talk about it at all. You shouldn't talk about it, Tim, because then people hear you. Okay. I'm, I'm reading you the New York Post. I'm reading you the New York Times. Can you not read these things yourselves? Can I not take them and warn you, you will not like the other side of this. Perhaps you could just read the New York Times where they tell you Pelosi was asking the Pentagon to stage a military coup and leave it at that. Or perhaps I can come out and say this is insane and these people need to stop. It doesn't matter what I say. The left mocks me when I'm wrong and I'm wrong all the time. I mean, it happens. I get polls wrong. I misinterpret things because I'm just some dude complaining on the Internet. How about that? But I've consistently warned that everything they're doing is leading to extreme tribalism and ultimately to some kind of chaos. And then they blame me when it happens. Me. Like, it's my fault you did this. As if it's my fault that Nancy Pelosi went to the Pentagon and said, disobey legal orders. As if it's my fault, Trump supporters ran to the Capitol when I've repeatedly said violence doesn't work over and over again. And that shows you where we're at. That's the tacit alliance between the right and the moderates, I suppose. And we've seen it before in many instances. I mean, French Revolution to a certain degree. When I say this is bad and you don't want this and you will not come out the other side happy with the results. There are a lot of people who don't care what I have to say, and both sides have been mocking me relentlessly. And then there are moderates and regular individuals who, I guess, agree. I'm not saying the left and right aren't necessarily regular individuals. The polarization is reaching everybody. But it's getting outright crazy. Andy No writes, in Portland, Oregon, where I'm from, mass extremists from both BLM and Antifa smashed their way into the Multnomah County Justice Center on May 29th. The building houses the sheriff's office, a police station and jail. Rioters ransacked the ground floor, hoping to break into the jail to free prisoners. When that failed, they started fires. City and county staff fled for their lives, but they were just getting started. For the next four months, BLM Antifa rioted every night in Portland, setting fires to the streets and buildings and assaulting responding officers with concrete and mortar explosives. In July, they tried to storm into a federal courthouse downtown. Night after night, 
Hundreds and then thousands of riders brought in electric tools, ropes and explosives to breach the barrier erected to protect the building. And, you know, journalist reported on the people who had been arrested. Their names were published by the police. And Andy No said so and so was arrested on this night for this reason, like every news outlet does. The left screamed. He was putting together lists to get people killed. He was doxing people. It was dangerous. How dare he? Right now, many of these same individuals are putting out photos of those who are at the Capitol, calling for them to be doxed and arrested. I think many of them inside the building will be arrested, but some of these I've seen are people who aren't even inside the building. They didn't enter the Capitol building. They were just there. There's one photo. There's one video of a woman who was actually assaulted the night before, and they're sharing her information and doxing her. She was not charged with a crime. Make no mistake what this is. Okay, it is not about arguing for your rights. They don't care. It's not going to happen. You're not going to convince Twitter. It's over. It's done. It's been that way for a long time. People don't want me to say that. They don't want they don't want me to tell you what's plainly obvious to everyone as being written about by other people. Me giving my opinion on what's already been published. Sure. They say, well, Tim, you're amplifying these stories. Sure. And the left is amplifying their claims against Trump and the right is amplifying their claims against Nancy Pelosi. I put out a tweet earlier. Nancy Pelosi uh, tried to to orchestrate a military coup against the president. I don't care if you think Trump is right or wrong. This is it's everyone tries to justify their power grabs. Every attempted coup has been justified by the other side being wrong every single time. I'm told Joe Biden is mentally unfit. Should I support Republicans going to the Pentagon and saying strip him of his power? That would be a total breakdown in the constitutional order of this country. And it's happened. I thought about tweeting that because I know the left is going to scream. That's not true. That's crazy. That's not true. I don't care what they think. And to be honest, I don't care about anyone's opinion right now as pertaining to what the New York Times wrote. Officials at the Pentagon said that would amount to a military coup. That's it. It's not my opinion. It's a statement from the Pentagon. The Pentagon has issued a statement to the New York Times that what they were asked to do by the Speaker of the House would amount to a military coup. Think about that. Andy No goes on to write about how the media was no better. He ends his, his, his op-ed saying this. Those showing righteous indignation now, only months or weeks ago, argued that the riots were mostly peaceful and that vandalism and looting don't count as violence. That's the problem with political irresponsibility. Once the law grants quasi-authorization to hitherto prescribed conduct, there's no telling how events might spiral. And he is right. Do you think it ends here? Let me show you the story from Vulture. Ariel Pink dropped by record label Mexican Summer after attending Trump Capitol rally. This is a man. uh, I'm not very familiar with his music. He attended the rally at the Ellipse, not the storming of the Capitol. The rally was just people in a park waving little flags as Trump basically said, you know, his last piece. That was it. Because someone said he was there, they have removed him from his label. Josh Hawley, a sitting U.S. senator, wanted to object to the electoral process, to certain electoral votes based on concerns that the states did not follow the Constitution. Everything he did was legal and constitutional. He has been removed by Simon and Schuster, a large book publisher. They have canceled their contract with him. 
what the left has gone to now. They have taken unconstitutional actions in Pelosi going to the Pentagon and demanded that we excise from Congress Republican politicians who are following a constitutional duty to object when they feel they should. Their objections would not have been outside the confines for what the Constitution allows. But what Nancy Pelosi did is outside the confines. And don't get me wrong. The storming of the Capitol is so far beyond absurdity. Absolutely outfine the confines of anything. People going in there thinking they were going to stage a revolution, calling it a revolution. That's insane. But Trump didn't tell them to do that. Trump told people to march, to show up to protest. That's constitutional. So they call it stochastic terrorism. That Trump knew what would happen. That Trump is a fascist. I hope you've been paying attention to what I've been saying at the very least in reference to this conflict. I can't predict what the establishment machine will do or how the inner workings will will produce results. But I can tell you quite a bit about how humans behave and how the, how the dominoes are falling down. When I look at polls, it's hard to know if those polls are true and accurate. But when I look at a video of people fighting in the streets of a Trump supporter being shot twice in the chest by an anti-fascist, by Antifa, you can only see that it's an escalation from where we were before. And there is literally no evidence to suggest there will be de-escalation. Following everything we've seen, Nancy Pelosi thought it appropriate to call on the military chain of can to break that chain and effectively remove Trump. And they're upset about it. Good on them. And this is where we're heading now. Twitter has blocked the president from posting through the official POTUS Twitter account. This happened last night while we were live at the Timcast IRL, on the Timcast IRL podcast. Donald Trump was permanently banned. But they did not remove at POTUS, president of the United States. And Trump issued a statement about big tech censorship. Saying that, as I have been saying for a long time, Twitter has gone further and further in banning free speech. They have coordinated with Democrats and the radical left in removing my account from their platform to silence me and you. 75 million great patriots who voted for me. They said something to the effect of calling them great patriots was incitement. They said something to the effect of a planned event on the 17th, which I've heard nothing about. I think they're just making things up. I think they are now restricting the president from speaking because what we're looking at is a cultural coup. Some estimates say 60,000 people banned from Twitter. Parler has been removed by Google Play. They will not allow you the platforms to speak. They will sever lines of communication. They will take your access to finances. And I'm probably on the chopping block just a little bit further back than some people. Smart conservatives bowed out weeks ago and are essentially not saying anything for the time being. Maybe after this settles down a little bit, they'll still exist, at least for a little bit before they finally get purged as well. I've been warning of something like this for a long time. And I said they would sever the lines of communication. Well, here we are. They're just going to say it and they're going to keep doing it. And that's why I bring it back to the point Aris made. There's no point to American conservatives whining about free speech or unfairness or hypocrisy. I think by now we know about it. And I think by now you should realize this is escalating beyond anyone's control. My recommendation for people is to be self-sufficient, to be independent, to leave these cities, find somewhere in the middle of nowhere and just get back to basics. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to farm. I'm going to, you know, uh, play video games, play music, skateboard. And try and be reliant on myself as much as possible because of what I fear will happen with these political factions. I don't want to be involved in your conflict. I just want 
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The problem is this will eventually encompass everyone because you, you don't, you can't, you can't escape these things. You look at what happened in the, in the revolution. You know, most people in the colonies didn't want to go to war, but there wasn't enough opposition. The largest voting faction was in favor of independence, not the majority. People need to realize that. And when you look at the Civil War, most people didn't think it would happen. The famous story of the people picnicking on the hillside near Fort Sumter, Fort Sumter, am I getting it wrong? And not realizing what they're about to witness. And regular Americans right now, not caring, not knowing, or blindly following one or the other political factions. Being in the know is the best thing you can do. Being prepared for yourself and just getting out of these cities, being self-sustainable. I, I guess, you know, the, the, the best thing that comes after all of this, that the, the, look, relying on yourself is the best thing you can do. Stop relying on government. Stop relying on other institutions to, to support you and to get you what you need when you need to do it for yourself. That will help heal the planet. The left should like that. It should get people far away from these dense, overpopulated areas and perhaps help calm things down. But Joe Biden's saying that he's got a new sweeping domestic terror law coming in. He's talking about extended lockdowns. The rage will not subside. The removal of the president and the suspension of the president of the United States is shocking and terrifying. And I don't think you realize just how serious this has become. What Nancy Pelosi did is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. I'm not kidding. Donald Trump didn't explicitly tell anybody to do anything. I disagree with his rhetoric. I think he should have condemned the storming outright and immediately. He passively did. He said, go home and in peace. What Nancy Pelosi did is that escalation. And I don't know how Trump, you know, comes back from this, but I can only imagine that every action has an equal and opposite reaction that contributes to the dramatic escalation. I'll leave it there. I'm going to be taking the rest of the day off. Just things are crazy. But uh, it may be in the future. Saturdays are really rough days as it is, you know. And uh, I think Saturday may be a more chill day moving forward. And if you haven't already, go to youtube.com forward slash Timcast IRL. Check out the live podcast show. We're going to be putting a lot more planning into that, expanding that show. It's growing rapidly, so please subscribe. It's awesome. You'll love it. I'm, I'm selling it. That's what I'm doing. I'm bragging. And uh, we're going to be launching the vlog as soon as possible for the reasons I described before, just to get back to basics, to uh, focus on culture and things like that, to, to create, to inspire, to be positive, and not just always destructive. Maybe it's too late to stop the train we're on. Maybe we fell off the cliff a long time ago, and I, I hope, you know, we can uh, get through this peacefully. I don't think so. And I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. And you will not want, you, you don't, you don't want, trust me, those who have seen conflict and crisis know just how bad it really gets. There are certainly some people who think they can handle it. And there are some people who know they can because they've been in war. But I would say 90 plus percent, 99 percent will come to rue the day they advocated for what is happening right now. I'll leave it there. If you haven't already, you can check out the Timcast IRL podcast on iTunes and Spotify, as well as the Tim Pool Daily Show on, on iTunes and Spotify and all podcast platforms. And uh, thanks for hanging out. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel.